Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it and I hope you come back. It's really been great to be doing this podcast and to be able to share this with you. I discovered just the other day that we are up to now over 2,000 downloads. Now, that may not be a lot for a bunch of podcasters. I don't think it's going viral at all by podcast standards, but it makes me feel pretty good. And I sure do appreciate your interest. I appreciate you being on board for this. And truly, I appreciate you telling some other folks about it. Thank you so much for being a part of this. This episode, episode 34, is called Back in the Saddle Again. Now, it really might be called more specifically Back in the Saddle Again with a question mark at the end. And you'll see what I mean in just a little bit. Well, I mentioned recently that my wife and I have just gone through a round of COVID sickness, COVID-19 Delta variant. It was not a lot of fun. I am personally very, very thankful that we were vaccinated. And I think that that helped us not to be more seriously ill than we were. She got pretty sick. She was in the hospital four days. I was just kind of completely miserable for a while. So there you go. But I'm glad it wasn't worse, and I'm pretty sure I know why it wasn't worse. A win is a little bit different in this regard with this illness than maybe some of what we've thought of in the past. With polio, a win was when you took the vaccine and you didn't catch the disease at all. Right now, we're kind of at the point where a win, yes, it's certainly a win if you don't catch the disease, the sickness. But it's also a win if you have a lighter case than you might have had otherwise, it's a win if you're not on a ventilator or having to make a decision about a ventilator. It's a win if you're not on a ventilator and maybe looking death in the face. It's a win if you're less sick than you might have been otherwise. It really is. And so I'm thankful for that. Really thankful to be back in the saddle again, almost. You remember that song? If you're as old as I am, or maybe you don't even have to be nearly as old as I am, I hope, to remember the song, Back in the Saddle Again. I could sing you a little bit of it, you know, but if I did that, I might have to pay somebody. You cannot have a thought in B-flat and not pay somebody. I'm kind of okay with that. I run with some musicians occasionally, and I want people to get paid for their songwriting. I want them to get paid for their work. I want the recording artists to get paid for what they deserve to be paid on the recordings. All of that is good. It uh, really is a helpful thing to musicians. And most of the musicians that I know are not making big bucks. They're not famous. They're not bringing in the sheaves as far as dollars are concerned. They're working pretty hard for not much, really. Most of them are just thankful to be able to work at all, and I guarantee you that's true since we've been through and are going through COVID. Such a nice thing to be able to get back and do some live stuff, and one of my concerns right now is that uh, we may be going back the other way for a while. 
But again, it can go to an extreme. And sometimes I think, well, if you think a, th a thought in B flat, somebody's going to need to be paid by it. And so I'm not even going to hum you a little bar or two of this particular song, but a lot of you will have it in your head back in the saddle again. If you look it up on Wikipedia, and I'm happy to give Wikipedia credit for this, if you look it up there, it just says that Back in the Saddle Again was the signature song of American cowboy entertainer Gene Autry. And it goes on and says it was co-written by Autry with Ray Whitley and first released in 1939. It goes on to talk about how that song was connected with Gene Autry during all of his career. It was even the name of his autobiography in 1976. And, I quote, members of the Western Writers of America chose it as fifth of the top 100 Western songs of all time. There's a lot interesting there. You ought to go to Wikipedia and read a little bit about this. The way that the song came about, Whitley evidently wrote the song originally for a film that he was involved in in 1938, and then Autry heard it, got with him, and they changed it up a little bit, revised it a bit, and recorded it in April of 1939. And boy, the rest is history. That has just become a very, very big song and one that a whole lot of people do remember. There's another song, by the way, entitled Back in the Saddle that Aerosmith recorded in 1977. I'll definitely not try to hum you a few bars of that one, and I'm not all that fond of it, which shows that I'm very uncool. But it's a different saddle and a much different song. Let me just put it that way. Anyway, Back in the Saddle again. We know what that feels like, don't we? It's good sometimes to get out of the saddle. It's not good to get knocked out of the saddle, but even then you learn something. If you choose to get out of the saddle for a while and go on vacation, we should do more of that. If you choose to get away from work for a while and go and see some new sights and learn some new things and just relax a little bit, we should do more of that. Then when you get back in the saddle and get back to doing your job and doing your normal things, you have a little bit of a different view. And that can be a real blessing. And I'm also convinced, I hope you are too, that if you take some time to rest, you always will work better. I think it's true if you take a 10-minute, 15-minute break, whatever, during a normal work time, just take a little bit of a break. You're going to work better when you get back to work. I think it's true when you take a longer break. I really think Maybe we're learning some things during the pandemic. Maybe we're learning some things about how precious some time at home is. Maybe we're learning some things about how we really do need to stop occasionally. I know we're learning some things about working at home. One of the things that concerns me is when you work at home, it's too easy to work at home all the time. We're having to learn about that a little bit, how to deal with these kinds of things. We're learning a lot. And sometimes that can be valuable and sometimes it can be difficult because change is the very definition of stress. Sometimes you get knocked out of the saddle. And that's happened to us recently with this COVID-19 thing. I think maybe I've learned something and I'm not sure if I'm quite back in the saddle again, but I want to share a little bit with you here and then we'll uh, go on hopefully in the next few episodes of this podcast and talk about something else. This is just fresh on my COVID-wilted mind presently. Well, at this point in the podcast, let me drop in here just a little bit of an ad. 
As you know, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, I just recently recorded a new music album. It's entitled Almost Home, and I really hope it takes us almost home as you listen to the songs there. There are a lot of good songs that you may have grown up with, a lot of gospel hymns and songs such as Rock of Ages, Abide With Me, Redeemed How I Love to Proclaim It. There's a great ballad there that I thought everybody who grew up anywhere near the time I did might have remembered, and yet I'm surprising that it was kind of unique to some of us. And that is a song entitled The 90 and 9. Oh, I love that song, and I love the Irish feel with which we did it. It was really an amazing ballad, and I loved it as a kid, and I love it now. There are some songs that are a little bit newer. There's a song on there entitled I Believe, which I believe just might almost be my favorite song, but I hate to even commit to that because I love all of those songs so much. Really, they were incredibly fun to do. The guys who played did such a good job. The folks who sang on the background vocals did such a good job. It took so many to make this album. Now I'd just like to get it on out there. By the way, Give Me Jesus is on there. There's some other songs, Just a Closer Walk With Thee. Songs, oh, you'll just love it. I just wish you could listen to it. And you can. All you have to do is go to my website, and if you'd like to order a copy, go to the contact submission form. Tell me what you want. Give me your name, address, etc., and I'll send you the album with an invoice. And I'd love to be able to share that with you in that way. I also have, if you're interested, this album available in USB form. I just thought we might try that. Some of the newer cars and trucks, vehicles, don't even have CD players. I take that very personally. I find that personally offensive. But they do have, most of them, USB ports where you can plug in a USB flash drive and play music from that, or maybe rip it off to a hard drive that is there in the vehicle. It's really not that hard to do, and it's not that complicated. And it's just kind of a cool thing that now is available. And so on the flash drives, I've got the songs that are on this new album. On one of the flash drives, I have all the songs on this album. It also has a bunch of extra stuff, lots of pictures. It has the cover, liner notes, all the information that's on the cover. I worked a long time on that. The big guys have guys that do that for them. Not being a big guy, I don't. Doing the album liner notes and cover really takes a lot of time. And believe me, I put a lot of work in that. It's there as well on the flash drive. You can plug the flash drive into your computer. Now, you can't do this in your car with the screen. You get the music in your car and anything that is in an audio format, and there's a lot on the USBs, you get that in your car. You can also have that on your computer, but you also can have some video stuff on the computer. And so there are lots of pictures of the making of the album. Those are fun. There are a few little short video snippets that are kind of fun, I think, that show some of the players at work and some of the things that we did to get this thing all put together. I went ahead and put some Focus on Faith columns on there, some blogs. I went ahead and put some of the earlier episodes of this podcast on the USB drives. Now, I'm saying drives. One of them is specifically this new album. There is also another one which has more space, that has all the albums I've done on it, all the covers, all the liner notes, lots and lots of pictures and videos, more Focus on Faith blogs, more Focus on Faith podcasts, and just a ton of stuff. 
And so those things are pretty cool. The album goes for $20. The USB flash drive of just this album goes for $30. And the big one goes for $50. If you were to buy those albums separately, it would cost a lot more than that. If you were to buy those albums separately and not buy the flash drive, you would not even have an opportunity to get a ton of the stuff that is just on the flash drive kind of extra. And so I think it's a pretty good deal. And I would love to be able to share that with you. Run over to the website, www.curtisshelburn.com, C-U-R-T-I-S-S-H-E-L-B-U-R-N-E.com. Thanks so very much. And now, let's focus on faith. I'm back in the saddle again. Sometime during the COVID-19 pandemic, first edition, 2020, once we got back to in-person worship at our church, I started singing a special song each morning as sort of a call to worship. Last Sunday, I found the saddle song quite tempting, but no, I chose against it. As I mentioned in a recent podcast, even though we'd taken prudent precautions, my wife and I managed to jump the line and get in right at the first of the COVID-19 Delta variant edition. The first time around in spring 2020, our church took seven weeks off from worship in person. That was really a shorter time than a lot of churches had to take off, but seven weeks was quite a bit, certainly unusual. It felt strange. This time, the recess was odd in its own way. It was precautionary, but it was more than that. My wife was actually sick. Not wanting her to be miserable alone, I soon jumped into the virus pool myself. We ended up canceling in-person worship one Sunday, and I did a video. Boy, one thing we learned in the first iteration of COVID as church folks was how to do videos. And we've become, a lot of us, uh, televangelists ever since, even though that's not exactly what we wanted to be. Now we're doing the video as well as the live in-person worship, and I sure don't mind doing the video, but uh, things have changed, and COVID did a lot of that. Some of it not so bad, some of it just different. Well, one Sunday we canceled. For the next two Sundays, my wife and I stayed home, but the rest of our folks were at worship in person. I had one worship video ready that I'd created just in case a thousand years or so ago, it seemed, when the pandemic began in 2020. And I recorded another one upstairs at home right here in this study slash recording studio slash all-purpose spare room that we could use if I couldn't be there at church in person. And that was indeed the case. Once I tested plague positive, and my voice started changing, I decided that I'd better get a video recorded early on while I still felt like it, and I still could. This was correct, because it wasn't long after I started feeling bad that I started feeling really bad, and the recording would not have been in the cards at that point. By the way, in a multi-staff church, a lot of this would have been handled a lot differently, but that is not our situation. I'm not crying here. I'm just telling you it's different. If you've always been part of fairly large churches, I'm pretty sure you can forget about understanding much of this. 
It's nice of you to try, but you won't get it. The difference between small churches and large churches, by the way, is not the difference between big apples and little apples. It's apples and tangerines. Or it may be bigger than that. It may be apples and fried chicken. They are not the same beast. We had such good help in the midst of four days in the hospital for my wife and two or three weeks all a blur for both of us. The last part of July somehow vanished into that blur, but I could write paragraphs about the sweet ways folks took care of us with food and shopping and anything we needed. I discovered my serious limitations as audio-video tech support via phone, but my friend and ever-faithful audio-video volunteer at church, Jack, in conjunction with some other willing and valuable help as needed, made it work well. Yeah, I know they worshipped decades ago just fine without technological resources. Yes, it is still perfectly possible, and it doesn't hurt for us to be reminded of that from time to time. But the technology is incredibly handy. If your preacher needs to preach, and if everyone else at church would pay big bucks not to preach, if he needs to preach even while he's at home in bed, groaning and moaning and sweating and chilling but not chilling out, coughing, aching, and doing his very best to sleep for days at a time, yeah, in that situation, technology helps. And so, by the way, does Christian unity, a thing not only dear to the heart of Christ, but truly his fervent prayer in John 17. You really should read the whole chapter but if you go on down a good ways into the chapter, you'll hear Jesus asking the Father that his followers might be one, even as he says to the Father, we are one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and that we are one. And he goes on and talks about the blessings that come that God will give us and will give the world if people see us as united. What a wonderful thing. And yet, you know, you really could say that is truly the Lord's Prayer. And yet it's one that his followers have too often worked diligently to very religiously, in the worst sense of the word, ignore. One of the things I love most about my little community, and a huge reason we've chosen to stay here at this point for uh, 36 years, a little over that, is that by and large, Christ's people here from different Christian traditions have a long history of loving and respecting each other and working unusually well together. I don't want to be puffed up about this at all or to be arrogant about this. I'm just thankful to say that one of the things I think our little church has excelled at is doing everything that we can to help that unity go on, to cherish it, and to help people in our community be together, who are God's people, who love the Lord and who love each other, and need to do some things together. It really is easier in a small community. You have to be unusually hard-headed to ignore everybody else in a small community. And you can see the fruit of the Spirit in these lives. You can see that there are people that come from other traditions than your very own that absolutely love the Lord. And because of that, we love each other. And that's a great thing. That's what Christ wanted well, it's a big reason we've stayed here for this long. It is a very, very nice thing. Our churches here are not so large that we think we can afford to ignore each other. 
We're not mega churches who can mostly pretend, it kind of comes to the same thing in practicality, whether they're pretending or not, that we're the only church in town. We're not the only ones who are so big that we kind of eclipse everybody else. We're not the only ones whose largeness makes us think that we're doing things probably better than everybody else, and not all mega churches think that. But we're not as tempted in that regard. We're pretty little here. We don't have 15 or 20 congregations of the same denomination with slightly different flavors, barely acknowledging each other, much less the corresponding churches in six or ten other major brands who are kind of doing the same thing, maybe acknowledging each other, but certainly nobody else, and their largest ones kind of pretending that they don't have anything to do much with anybody else. That's kind of a bleak picture, but sometimes churches are just so large and sometimes so many in a larger town that they just don't have time or interest or really a whole lot of opportunity to do much together. That is not the case here. And I love the fact that that is not the case here. I love that I am as comfortable preaching in a number of pulpits in our little town as I am in my own pulpit. It's an incredible blessing that I never take for granted. I say all of that just to kind of set this up. Folks in our little church were not at all surprised when a dear friend and colleague from another tradition led off by preaching at our church on one of those Sundays. And then he went and preached in his own pulpit while Video Me finished our own service. Dr. Stacy Connor is one of my best friends in the world. He is an excellent preacher, and he's the pastor of our First Baptist Church here. I don't know what I'd do without Stacy. I don't know what our community would do without Stacy. And the fact that we work so well together, I think, has been a blessing to a lot of folks. It surely has been a blessing to me. Stacy and I agreed a long time ago to pinch hit for each other if either one of us got sick. And we've done that many times before at funerals and that kind of thing. When one of us was tied up or out of town or sick or whatever, whenever the need arose, we've done it. And so it wasn't that unusual for us when COVID-19 reared its ugly head to say, hey, we're here for each other and we make this pact together that if either of us needs help, we're there to give the help that's needed. Again, we've been doing that for a long time and I'm so blessed. It's such a good place to be here that I can think of, oh, three, four other pastors in town who would be very happy to help in just the same way and very capably would do so. And our people would love having them in our pulpit. So that's a cool thing. That is a wonderful thing. It is a blessing again that I never take for granted. You don't get that in a lot of places and you don't get that in a lot of places that are a whole lot bigger than we are here. And so you see, this unity stuff not only honors our Lord, and I think it does in big ways, it is intensely practical. Well, it was good last Sunday to be back in the saddle. Yes, Stacy did a great job at our place on the Sunday before that, two Sundays actually before that. Boy, the time just runs together in all of this. The video stuff worked pretty well, too, and we managed with some combination of that to get through things in this last little iteration of the virus, at least in our part of the country. But I will say it was good to be back in the saddle. The virus is a bear. You do not want it. Having said that, I realized more than ever before that if you catch this thing and your experience doesn't involve blood clots, ventilators, and funeral directors, 
Well, you have a lot to be thankful for. I hope you'll do what you can to avoid this thing, not just for yourself, but also for others. I pray that this latest edition doesn't continue to ramp up. It is right now. I don't like what I'm hearing about the numbers. It's a tough beast. One time around was more than enough, and we don't need to let this thing get ahead of us and morph into a much bigger, badder, incredibly resistant variant. I guess we'll see what comes. I know God will be with us, whatever comes. Back in the saddle? Well, yeah, there really does kind of need to be a question mark there, but I think I'm pretty much there. For me, almost back in the saddle. I managed on last Sunday to get Facebook Live going to live stream our service as we had been doing when things were a little more what passes for normal. But you know what happened Sunday? I got the whole thing live streamed sideways. And I think that was oddly appropriate. I think I have a foot in the stirrup and my hands on the saddle horn. It's a movement at least toward being back in the saddle. And I'm thankful for that. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I am so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.